1: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson, and today I'm going to be talking with Ethan Behrman. He's a lawyer. I've followed him on Twitter for a long time. He was on the Daily Beans recently, so I have all kinds of questions for him. But before I get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener-funded, and woman-run. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get two bonus WhatsApp episodes per week. Kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Now please enjoy my conversation with Ethan Behrman. Welcome to the show, Ethan.
2: Well, Kimberly, thank you so much for having me. I I actually... Uh, I'm very honored to be here and I was so pleased that you asked me to be here thank you
1: well thank you and as I said in the intro we have followed each other on Twitter for a while and you know I mean I just I get around to eventually inviting everyone and so this is the first time I've had you on and I'm really glad because you're a lawyer and I've got all kinds of questions for you you know because you've got that special legal mind so why don't you just before we get into it tell everybody about you and the kind of law you practice and all that good stuff.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I first off, I love being a lawyer. I'm, I'm here in California, and it's exciting that some of the news uh, right now is in areas of law that I actually even practice as well. So I handle defamation cases, and I'm sure we're going to get to the Dominion versus Fox News yeah. on the plaintiff side. But I also am an entertainment attorney, so I handle and uh, and represent. Uh, artists in many forms here in the entertainment business, including musicians, actors, writers, directors, and uh, and then I litigate contract disputes as well. I love going to court. It's it's really nice. fun for me. And I also have a background in media. But um, yeah. yeah, I am the principal attorney at, and founder of the Behrman firm here.
1: Very cool. I mean, I, and then of course I think your your pinned tweet that you were on Fox News. H- how did you get the gig on Fox News?
2: <laughs> okay, well, it's, it, 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 that's a long story, but but let me let me share it this way. I was a talk radio host for a long time, and I was on KGO San Francisco, uh, among other things. And uh, just uh, a former producer of mine had said, "Hey, you should be on TV too." And and uh, and he started working at a network, and so I started doing appearances, and that just kind of grows. And and apparently, the people at Fox News liked me, and I have to make it very clear to everybody every time i talk about this which is i was never an employee i was never paid Mm -hmm. i every all my hundreds of appearances on fox news hundreds Mm -hmm. i think i was on tucker carlson 40 plus times i I was probably on laura ingram i don't know a dozen times uh but i've done hundreds of appearances on fox news Mm -hmm. and i was never paid a penny for any of it Good
1: to know. <laughs> well, you know, I just have to throw in there really briefly. When I got involved in politics, I, you know, I come from a more just, you know, big mouth feminist. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an academic. I, I don't have any, you know, degrees or anything like that in any area of politics. But I kind of fell into it. And I became the spokesperson for, At the, in 2012, it was called Rock the Slut Vote. And uh, I, as a result, this, this woman created basically because Rush Limbaugh referred to Sandra Fluck as a slut on his radio program. I remember. So, yeah. yeah. So it was like, I was like, I wrote an open letter to him from a liberal slut. And this woman saw this open letter and said, hey, I've got Rock the Slut Vote Foundation. Would you be the spokesperson? So I said, yes. So as a result, now this is when I was very new to all of this. Um, Again, I fell into it. The political thing anyway, the activism stuff and all of it. But uh, Laura Ingram wanted to interview me. And I I said yes. And I'm so grateful because I believe that the interview was supposed to happen and this was 2012. So it was around that whole debt ceiling. I think it was the debt ceiling argument that was going on. Something happened. That was bigger, you know, than the the slut thing. And they told me that they were they, they couldn't have me on for whatever reason and that they would get back to me. They never did get back to me. And and now knowing what I know, I'm so grateful I didn't go on because I think she would have completely demolished me and humiliated.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I hear you loud and clear. It's um and by the way, that's the business. So that really wasn't necessarily anything personal. If when when news Bigger yeah, news comes yeah, out. No, you I was happy. The, actually, the I'm happy that
1: that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it worked out here
2: <laughs> in your favor. It's it's funny. They all kind of stopped having uh, opposing voices on around the same time on the on the opinion shows. Uh, the news uh, shows continued having me on for a long time. I was on with Shannon Bream on Fox News at night, just basically every week. Um, and I, by the way, I didn't only do Fox News for a long time. I was doing CNN here out mm. of L.A. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so like Carol Costello had me on every week. I used to do one of their late night shows, on CNN International. And I, I've done a lot of TV, but um, Fox is where you get into the fights. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's why I, I presume that's why they had me on.
1: <laughs> well, hey, and it's always good to have those voices of reason. So today we got the news that there was like this rumor going around that they might be settling because I think there was a delay in the case or whatever. So today we heard that they, they won't be settling and I just want to read part of something Billy Baldwin tweeted. He said, remember at the end of the Paul Newman film, the verdict when the jury asked the judge for instructions so they could award damages greater than the plaintiffs was seeking. Here's looking at you Fox news, Dominion jury. So I'm okay. I just want to know what do you think of all of this? What do you think is going to happen? You know, as a result, moving forward, etc.
2: Well, it, it, <laughs> it's a big question. Yes, it is. And and, it's, <laughs> and and here's the thing that that's really important that I want to start with. You never know with a jury. Mm-hmm. So, in most cases, uh, attorneys are working very hard with their clients to find a settlement. Even if you think you have smoking gun, proverbial smoking gun, silver bullet, you know, whatever that is, you think that you have the case just in the bag, you never know with a jury. And so you, you really don't want to get to a jury verdict if at all possible. There are times where clients absolutely want to get to a jury verdict to prove a point among other things. And sometimes you really need a jury to come to a verdict. In this case, it's unclear to me that dominion is trying to set a first amendment precedent here. Hmm. It, they could just want the $1.6 billion that they're asking for. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, uh, Fox would be, I think wise to find a settlement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they, if Fox really wanted to avoid the, the news that has come out from, you know, regarding Tucker Carlson regarding Sean Hannity and Jeanine Pirro and Maria Bartiromo and, Rupert Murdoch himself, Mm -hmm. right, is going to appear. They really wanted to avoid that. They should have figured out a way to come up with with a settlement and, you know, make sure that it was private and nobody needed to know the dollar amount. And for it to have gone this far is very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. However, I I will say it is not unheard of. And it's not even necessarily unusual that once the trial begins that they can still settle. Mm -hmm but but it's very interesting that a lot of the bad news has already come out but but it's also important to note for all of us on the left who want to attack and and there's so many people jumping oh look at fox news they they're all liars anyway have you seen their latest ratings it <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean a thing right. to the people who watch fox news mm-hmm. and that's a big that's a big part of the conversation is okay when we ha- we live in this alternate you know, facts, universe where we have an entire ecosystem of pundits uh, because they're not really news people, mm-hmm. the pundits, because remember, I know and I see this on Twitter all the time, two people attack, and oh, well, th- how can they call it Fox News? Because they literally have two divisions. They have the opinion division, which is the prime time hosts that we're all talking about, you know, Tucker and Sean and Laura and that, those types of people, they're not a part of the news division. The news division is the Brett bears and the, Hmm. and the Shannon Breams and the Neil Cavuto's and, and actual, you know, journalists who you might disagree with. And that's perfectly fine. But um, it's the opinion hosts that are really under the most direct fire here. And it is just very interesting to note that this is not hurting their bottom line. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, If anything, that adds to the argument that Fox doesn't want this to be uh, decided by a jury because it's really important if it's not hurting them and they're able to get away with what they got away with on the air that Dominion asserts is a a, a defamation. And I think that they have a a fairly strong argument, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just don't see how Fox wants this to come to the jury deciding it. And I, I just I still believe that there is a strong argument that there will be a hmm. settlement before it's decided by the jury.
1: So as far as the Dominion side of this, do you. Now they're suing for the money or, 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 or they're not suing for them, that, that that would be what they could settle for or, or be granted or whatever. Do you think that. Like In your gut, I guess, do you think that the reason they've chosen to do this is, I mean, they obviously, it's because of their reputation, but then there's that whole 1A argument and there's the whole idea that Fox is not being truthful and it's it's damaging to democracy. Do, Do you get a sense that that's part of why they sued?
2: Well, I think uh, they they sued for two primary reasons. One was to restore their reputation mm-hmm. because they were getting absolutely um, destroyed in the right wing, you know, media verse mm-hmm. of, of that they were, you know, fraudulently determining outcomes of elections. And it was just flat wrong. And according to what the judges already ruled in this case, Fox News knew that that was false. Yeah. Uh, and the, 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 the sorry, that not that they knew it was false. Let me correct myself. Mm-hmm. The, the, the judge ruled that those were false statements. Mm-hmm. The key here really that the jury decides is two parts. One. Is, so, so, so do need to restore the reputation. And two is, Hey, look, if you're going to destroy my reputation and make it hard for me to do business, there's a monetary damage. What What's really interesting is the 1.6 billion cannot just be monetary damages. So monetary, at least in California, under California law there has to be a certainty to the damages that you're asking for mm-hmm. meaning they had to have contracts that were canceled mm-hmm. there was something they can't just say well you know unknown future business is 1.6 billion so that that would have to include punitive damages which means let's say it's 100 million dollars in contracts dominion lost the jury can find up to 10 times is what the Supreme court has really held as as valid punitive damages. There could be another billion then uh, impunitive damages on top of that. Hmm. So dominion, you know, wants, wants money Mm -hmm. for how they were harmed as well. And I think that that's very normal and reasonable that I want my reputation restored by saying, yes, see, they, not only did they lie, They knowingly presented false information, Mm -hmm. right, the actual malice standard from the New York Times v. Sullivan decision that two of the justices on the Supreme Court have already said they're very open to revisiting, Hmm. which would be Gorsuch and Thomas. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so this is very interesting. It could actually hurt Fox News Mm -hmm. that the right has wanted to take (laughs) down. Uh, And remember, even former the, the former president said that he wanted to change libel laws Mm -hmm. to make it easier to sue people that said bad things about him. Mm -hmm. And so this could actually work against Fox News in this case. Wow. But really, this is about Dominion, restoring their name, showing I was right. And by the way, you really harmed my business. So you owe me not only the money for that, but we want punitive damages. Hmm.
1: And then, okay, let's just say it does go to the jury and the jury decides this. And let's say that the jury you know, does what Billy Baldwin suggests and awards the damages greater than the plaintiff was asking. So they they're asking for 1.6 billion. Let's just say they give they're supposed to give them two billion or 5 billion or whatever. What does that do to Fox? What's the difference in what happens to them with the jury making that decision as opposed to settling beforehand?
2: Well, the, the issue becomes what does this mean to the New York Times v Sullivan? Uh, precedent and where is the line of when a news organization uh, publishes something again this is assuming the jury finds them guilty if 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 they do that means they found fox news guilty of knowing knowingly publishing false information or with reckless disregard for the truth And if that is the case, now journalists really ought not to – can't just rely on a single anonymous source necessarily anymore. If there's a second source that says that's not true, Mm -hmm. um, which means now I can't publish it because I could be found guilty. And this this is where kind of First Amendment scholars are spending a lot of time I've seen recently saying, well, don't just wish for Fox News to lose – because it could have a bit of a chilling effect, uh, generally speaking, in the media universe, not just yeah. to right wing um, you know, groups that we don't like, mm-hmm. for example. And, and so it, there's a real serious potential outcome here for all of media, Fox News. And, and it doesn't mean that it's wrong. Right. that there should be a change in the new york times v sullivan standard maybe it should that's for other people than me to decide but but if the jury comes back and says no no we're giving them four billion dollars in damages the pro- if i'm the the lawyer for dominion and they come back and say four billion i would um be very disappointed Hmm. that they did that because that means it is almost certain to be overturned on appeal hmm. interesting okay That's because it's too high and, yeah. and and there has to be a relation between the damages the economic damages are not a, and i mean in this case it's a corporation so the economic damages suffered uh versus the punitive damages there has to be a correlation there and if dominion says is only able to prove a hundred million dollars in damages and the jury comes back with $4 billion, it is almost certain to be overturned uh, on appeal.
1: Hmm. Wow. That's so, see, I'm so glad I had you on,
2: <laughs> making it all so clear for us. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Kimberly. <laughs> I mean, look, but, but it, it, so this is the difference, right? So we have these very emotional responses, we have our political beliefs, we have, you know, the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, whatever these talks with people in our similar circles. And the law, uh, you know, generally speaking, it, it does not necessarily align. Mm-hmm. And so while we're sitting there going, yeah, you know, or, or I'm not necessarily sitting there going, yeah, Fox News. Uh, I, I know some there are a lot of, you know, and it, boy, I get I get so much hate mail every time <laughs> I say this. There are some really good people that work at Fox News. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're they're generally the lower level people right mm-hmm. who are there just they have a job and and that's what they do and they're good people and i i'm not going to name them right now but there are some really good people there that will get harmed if fox news gets completely destroyed in this yeah and um you know i'm I'm not here to defend rupert murdoch i'm not here to defend what tucker carlson did i you know nothing like that but but there are it, it's a bigger organization and by the way a 1.6 billion dollar claim if i recall correctly the uh fox news corporation has over eight billion in cash so i've heard people say oh this is the end of fox news well their ratings aren't going down through all of this they're they're holding their ratings and they have eight billion in cash 1.6 billion doesn't exactly put them out of business either Hmm. so there's wishful thinking Mm -hmm. because you know you and i want uh to get rid of the the nra and and um you know, and some rationality back to political discourse, and the mm-hmm. the MAGA world is destroyed so much, and introduced a new level of fascism in our yeah. country, which I find so disappointing. But, yeah. but I don't I don't see how this destroys Fox News. I do see how it would alter potentially the New York Times v. Sullivan actual malice standard.
1: Interesting. So, okay, let me. What if they? What if it's that the jury, you know, awards Dominion. what they asked for and then part of it is that they make sure that fox uh, you know does a formal apology on the network in you know one of whether it's tucker carlson or or hannity or ingram what if that is the case what do you think would happen to fox as a result
2: that that's interesting um i i I really don't think that too much happens as a result so you brought up something really interesting which i think is important here and that is and so you know tucker carlson and sean hannity and whoever else are the hosts you know accused of knowingly you know or at least what we know so far is at least tucker privately is like oh she's crazy this is mm-hmm. garbage you know and calls trump names but to get them to apologize on error would be part of a settlement agreement Uh, an equitable resolution from the Delaware excuse me from the Delaware Chancery is unlikely so uh, it it is it's most likely that it's just going to if it's a a jury award it's just going to be monetary Mm
1: -hmm. um, and,
2: and, and that's about it if there's a settlement that's where you might get the and this could be where a real hang up would be in the settlement negotiations if I'm Dominion I'm demanding that they run this at the top of yeah. the primetime shows yeah. and they do it for a week. Yes. You yeah. know, yeah. and it's every single one of the hosts mm-hmm. that participated and it's not even just them. I would make any opinion host weekend host. I mm-hmm. would, if I'm Dominion, that's what I'm demanding in the settlement is, Oh, sure. You want to get away with only paying us a billion dollars in this settlement, but by golly, you're going to restore our name and you're going to tell your listeners that that this was a lie and this was terrible on our part and don't believe all these people who were lying and we're so sorry that we lied to you about it and dominion did absolutely nothing wrong i mean that probably more than the dollar amount is the is is quite possibly the biggest sticking point in a settlement yeah and by the way i just have to throw out there since he brought up billy baldwin a couple (laughs) minutes ago i love billy
1: (laughs) i know he's so cool he was on my show uh, last year, which is so funny because I've had some actors on my show that I used to have crushes on when I was younger and he was one of yeah. them. <laughs> and so I, I told them all, but I just think it's funny you know it's like oh I had Billy. but yeah, he's not awesome. the best part of having a show so you <laughs> it can, totally uh, is. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay, uh, we have to do a quick break, but we will be back after this message. Hey, this is Kimberly. If you're not already my patron, just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. You can take a look at all the tiers and decide how you want to support the show. Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV. The Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with a zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute, and available reclining lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Okay, we're back. Okay, now I want to get into the Tennessee situation. Um, there's all kinds of stuff going on in Tennessee right now. I mean, we know that there was the Tennessee 3 situation, and then there is the um, house speaker who's in kind of big trouble right now because he, I guess, let me look, that. I, I went and looked it up in an article so there's issues that he might have had an affair, which <laughs> at this point, I don't. I know GOP doesn't care about anything, but um, there's that, and then he doesn't live- Newt
2: Gingrich is calling to-, to Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he doesn't live in the district he represents. There was something that I saw you posted. Uh, God, what was it? It was a news report. Now, I don't even remember. Maybe you remember. But it, they, they were- tra- Oh, I know it was a vote, that they were trying to hide a vote because they were- you know, only showing the the house speaker and they weren't showing the people who were voting or whatever. So they're trying to get away with a lot. And I think this is a really important state and a really important um, area of focus because as we've thankfully been hearing on uh, cable news, the the urge and the need for, not the urge, but the need for, you know, people to show up and vote in state and local elections. It's all happening in the state's house. Like for instance, if You know, like I live in Maryland. And so even though Roe v. Wade was overturned, abortion is still legal in Maryland, but it's not going to be legal in, in, you know, in another red state where those state houses are run by mega lunatics. So this thing that's happening right now with Tennessee, I'm just curious, like in, in a bigger, broader sense of the entire picture, because this is kind of like representative of what's happening all over. It's just not getting national attention. Um the kind of politics that's going on. What do you think is going to happen as a result of Tennessee? Do you think there will be any kind of ripple effect that will be positive for the Democrats or, you know, what is it that you're seeing that's happening there that you think is going to kind of apply to the rest of the nation?
2: Wow. That's a, that is a big and uh, deep question. Yeah. I have right? lots it's of, big,
1: I have lots of those big, deep questions. <laughs>
2: Well, forgive me. It, it, so you started with something and I'm going to harken back to somebody who I really, really loved in the business, a man named Alan Colmes and mm -hmm. he had a show. It was on Fox news And, and I wrote a book a long time ago and he had me on and he was always so kind to me. He was such a good human being, but on his show, we were talking about the election boy. This was like 2015 or something. I was on his show and, uh, before he sadly passed away, um, and I, at the time, I said, no, no, this is what everybody gets wrong, at least on the left. This mm-hmm. is what we get wrong time and time and time again. I said, is local elections matter the most? Mm-hmm. You know, we're always so focused on the president. We're always so focused mm-hmm. on the big, you know, the big, sexy races. You know, it's the Senate. It's what. It's the governor. It's which, which do matter, mm-hmm. don't at all. Get me wrong. But if, as we're seeing, and it's not even lower than the Tennessee state legislature, you have the MAGA people uh, taking over school boards. Yeah. Right. And and ruining uh, public education Mm -hmm. Uh, we have uh, or attempting to because they want it all to be privatized and they want to be able to pay for catholic school or or christian school or whatever religious school sorry i'm not trying to pick on any one religion I'm genuinely not and and uh it, but actually the whole reason why we have the ability to homeschool is because the catholic church back in 1925 a supreme court case that said no no, no you don't have to go to public school you can do other forms of schooling and mm-hmm. that's parental right and i agree with that by the yeah. way but it doesn't mean the taxpayer should pay for it but th- the point is the republicans absolutely absolutely ate our lunch when it came to the Supreme court and we see what's happened with that. Mm -hmm. And they've been busy in the last few years now, eating our lunch at the local level. Mm -hmm. And so our problem is, and I don't want to call it a problem, but our biggest opportunity is we've got to get involved and stay involved. But the problem is if you're just for the sake of conversation, a two income household, both parents are busy working. Let's say you have two kids, right? Very, very kind of, Demographically normal, right? Um, and you're busy working, trying to pay the mortgage and all that other stuff. Are you really worried about running for school board? Yeah, that doesn't pay anything. It's it it's a it's a it's a free job because you're not insane about the big bad government brainwashing your kids. I, I mean, so that but that's what the Tennessee House also shows us. But but more deeply, I've spent time in Tennessee. I've had family in Tennessee. I've spent a lot of time in rural Tennessee. There is a deep, deep, deep uh, series of deep-seated beliefs held by a fairly large percentage of people there, Mm -hmm. especially in the rural areas that are not in – conjunction with what uh, Kimberly, you and I probably
1: right. they're not like in love with Biden,
2: <laughs> but, but not just that. They maybe have really deep beliefs. So, yeah. um, you know, back to Tucker Carlson's great replacement. Theory. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget going to a family member's house and a block away from this rural Tennessee, three of the biggest crosses I've ever seen in my life that some just random dude put in his yard. Wow. that's crazy. You know, and it's like, wait, I mean, I'm all for you practicing your religion. Good yeah. for you. But I'm going to guess <laughs> if that's how you're displaying your religion, you're not living by mm-hmm. uh, what, you know, the book of Matthew. Right. Um, you're living by other little parts that you've picked and, and cherry picked and chosen at will to, you know, be mad at other people. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, what's happening in Tennessee, I believe is a fundamental reflection mm-hmm. of a long held. I mean, remember the, after the KKK, we had the, the concerned citizens councils, <laughs> same damn thing. Yeah. You know, we're, we're seeing them. We're seeing that with, why would you only expel two black members, mm-hmm. but not the white lady? Yeah. I mean, that's on its face is, is, is racially motivated on its face. Mm-hmm. I'm a why else would that be the case when the three of them were together doing the exact same things um and then you have and we just time and time again the absolute unbelievable level of corruption in politics when there's a supermajority uh we see that in Tennessee we see that in Texas we see that to some degree in Florida by the way let's not forget that for as much as I'm a democrat and I lean left and I live in California it allows certain things to happen even here in California that you're like, well, oh, that's totally corrupt. Why are you doing that? Yeah. Um, and corruption anywhere is not OK. And right. so I hope, hope this House Speaker doesn't just have to leave his position. I hope he's held to account for lying to the public and possibly you know, fraudulently reporting expenses, et cetera. I mean, we have to hold these people to account. Otherwise, it's just easy for them to continue, which is why. I'm sure that you and I, Kimberly, continue to argue that we want every single person involved in January 6th to mm-hmm. be held to the fullest extent that the law allows.
1: Yes, 100 percent. we can't let have that happen again. A hundred percent. And yes, I do think that this whole thing in Tennessee is basically just shining a light. And I think, you know, for the optimistic take here, because it's so horrifying to witness Um, You know, the idea that young people are paying attention, and I I don't like that young people are becoming engaged because they're made to feel so uncomfortable, but, you know, I I say this on my show all the time, it seems that that's what it takes. People have to be, you know, made to feel uncomfortable before they start acting and it's like you said when you know when you're talking about the school boards and stuff like that people have their busy lives and that's totally it sometimes they're working several jobs they've got a couple kids those kids have to do homework there's you know after school sports and activities and whatnot so they're just not paying attention to what's going on but because of the extremism that we're seeing I think more and more people are seeing it and it makes me hopeful that there's going to be a massive tsunami, and I think we actually saw a tsunami in 2020. We saw, obviously, a lot more people voted for Donald Trump than they had in 2016, but then, you know, 8 million more came out for Joe Biden. So, and then we just keep seeing it, right? Ever since Trump became the president, we've been seeing the voter participation, especially with younger people, getting higher and higher and higher, And, you know, you've got those several different topics, whether it's abortion or guns or, you know, school debt or climate. Those are the top of the ticket items for these young people. And it should be because it is their it's their country. It's their world that they're inheriting. I wish we were giving them a better one. But I I do have some kind of hope that they're going to continue to increase as far as, you know, the turnout and all that. But my last question for you, because I'm trying to, I know we're uh, going about 30 or 40 minutes today, but I do want to ask you about the Donald Trump situation. And, uh, you know, we've, we just saw the whole issue with the Stormy Daniels indictment, um, or that, that case, the indictment on that case with Donald Trump being indicted. Um, and obviously, out of what may be coming down the pike, this uh, case is not the biggest case against him now the the you know we've got the Jack Smith case, and that's looking pretty juicy. Um, we've also got the Fannie Willis. I want to know your opinion about the the upcoming possible cases. What do you think is going to go down or do you think that there will be w- of those two cases that I just mentioned will one of them at least maybe have a Uh, a huge big deal effect on what happens to the 2024 election or do you see this more like the Fox News situation where the ratings aren't really hurt and you don't think it's going to hurt you know them overall do you think these cases are going to help or hurt Trump and how how might it play out more big questions for you
2: more I'm just gonna say (laughs) wow the the big ones right so it, it but these are you know these are things that are on our minds and yeah. that's why you're 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 so you know on point to be asking and talking about these things um and before i answer your question i just want to say uh on the young people thank you to our fellow gen xers who we're the ones who raised the 20 yes. year olds who uh, <laughs> are out fighting the good fight yeah. right now and um so anyway um but but on the trump topic it i really believe that his core base um as Donald Trump himself said back in the 2016 cycle um, he could shoot somebody on fifth Avenue and he wouldn't lose a vote. And I I really believe that his base and and I'm going to differentiate that here in just a moment, but his base is absolutely devoted because he is their weapon for attacking the nasty liberals and the evil immigrants and the foul you know atheists and whatever else it is that they hate mm-hmm. they literally view him as their uh, you know sheriff that's out there the, the old west style or or worse the the one allegedly in oklahoma that just got caught on on audio uh the other day but um you know who's out there to go beat up and and perform extrajudicial action on people they don't like. I really think that his core base is devout. It's yeah. a cult in yes. the truest sense of the word, and I don't say that pejoratively. I mean right. it literally. Like they exhibit signs of being a cult, mm-hmm. and, and then you have the swing voters, maybe the more moderate traditional Republicans, like you see with the Lincoln Project mm-hmm. and and those types of, of, of folks. Um, And and Joe Walsh is even. And uh, I think that they can't vote for Donald Trump. And I think that enough of those people will continue to stay away uh, from Donald Trump in 2024 that I don't see him being able to win. And so I think he still wins the nomination. Mm -hmm. I think that there are going to be wealthy Republican donors who are going to fight hard to get DeSantis or somebody else. Um, but Trump is going to win because his base is too big, too strong and too, uh, motivated to show up. And so he wins that I predict that he wins the, as of today, mm-hmm. I predict he wins the nomination in, lo- regardless of, of being, uh, charged by w- whether or not he does by Jack Smith or, or what happens with the, the Fani Willis case. Uh, there's some huge breaking news about that today as well. Um, I just think he wins the 2024 Republican nomination and then loses in the in the presidential election, whether it's to Joe Biden or to uh, if uh, President Biden somehow doesn't run for reelection. Uh, I my my pick is Gavin Newsom, governor yeah. of California.
1: Yeah, I think. Um, well, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to say I can't say too much, but I have a friend who is in politics and. Let's just say that the question – how can I say this without saying it? Because when you say you, Gavin Newsom, I can, I can hear a lot of people will say, why wouldn't they automatically go to the vice president? Why wouldn't it be Kamala Harris? Well, mm-hmm. uh, some of the news that I heard was – and it's not about Gavin Newsom. It's just about the idea if Biden, uh, for whatever reason, chooses not to run. And this, is, and this comes down to choosing. Yes. Um, yeah. that somehow she is kind of in on this and would be okay with somebody else. Now, I don't know if that's true. I heard it from somebody who knows people. So, I mean, I just can't, I can't say. But I, I thought that was kind of interesting because the person who told me this really loves Kamala and wanted her to run. Um, but kind of, you know, told me, well, she seems to be like she'll be going along with this because, you know, you know nobody knows. I think there are certain candidates out there who are prepping for just in case, like they're not going to yep. run. But just in case Biden chooses not to for whatever reason, um, they're ready to go and that somehow she's in it. So I'm just throwing that out there. And I don't know what that means. Oh, but I do think I, Gavin I, could win.
2: I, I do. I I He's he. So I used to not be a Gavin Newsom fan. I used to. Uh, objectively pick on him <laughs> on the air i was not a gavin newsom fan for a very long time and i'll tell you the two things that changed me because i also really like kamala harris right yeah. i i also really like her but i i i want to um and and i just think that gavin newsom is the better candidate and so let me tell you the two things that changed my mind about gavin newsom i was always like yeah about him right and i would pick on him and whatever else two things one and i think this is the most important of all Every time I see him speak, every time I see him in the media doing whatever, go and see him speak, whatever it is, he's better mm-hmm. than the last time I saw him. He, he is the only politician at that level that I can say continues to grow, continues to get better, and just absolutely impresses me that he works so hard. And then I'm going to tell you something I have a family member <clears throat> that has worked very closely to many top California democratic politicians. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very close family member worked hand in hand with a lot of these people. And he said, and he, he's this family member is much older than us. Mm-hmm. And, and said to me, and we were having a conversation about Gavin Newsom one time and this uh, family member said, Gavin Newsom is the second best Politician I have ever worked with in my entire career.
1: Wow, yeah, that's not surprising. And and in a
2: good way, and said he's he's actually a good person too.
1: Well, I mean, I I used to watch Bill Maher. I no longer watch Bill Maher, but every single time (laughs) Gavin would come on his show, he would blow my mind. It was like the man is a walking encyclopedia. You throw any subject at him, and he can talk about it as if he spent the last you know month studying it. He he's really good at just on his feet, knowing the answers to anything you throw at him. And, um, you know, regardless if it's 2024, as long as, you know, the Democrats win in 2024, I believe Newsom will be running at some point. And you only said, I think, I I don't remember if you said the second thing, but I'm going to add to what you're saying is, I think, you know, the Democrats have to be very focused on candidates who can win. And I think he can win.
2: Yeah. I, I, I just absolutely believe that you're, you're. I 100% agree with what you just said. We must nominate somebody who can win, and there, in my mind, there is no question mm-hmm. that Gavin Newsom can win. So, uh, look, it, there's a million other things that we needed to cover. So I hope someday in the future, Kimberly, we'll, oh, we you know, will <laughs> re- remember this fondly and ask me to come back.
1: I will. I will hundred percent because uh, I love you. I love you as a guest. It's fantastic. And I could be asking questions for hours, but unfortunately I have to do my other job. So, um, that I absolutely love. Uh, so, but I just want to say thank you for being on my show because it's been awesome talking to you and um before i let you go why don't you tell everybody where to find you
2: okay well again my law firm is the bearman firm so that's the bearman and that but me on social media twitter facebook instagram ethan bearman uh i'm really not terribly active on facebook or tw- i'm less active with elon right now on twitter i'm on <laughs> spoutable at ethan bearman um and uh you know look it, it's easy to find me so just <laughs> have a just look for ethan Behrman, and you'll you'll find me out there but uh really appreciate everybody and and the support and and i'm so glad uh, for everybody listening to your show kimberly and and again thank you so much for having me on
1: oh my gosh well thank you and definitely go follow him i'm also author kimberly on twitter L E am kimberly a johnson on or no i'm just kimberly johnson on spoutable And my books are on Amazon. Ethan, it was just fabulous talking to you. Thank you so much. And I will absolutely invite you back.